You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. If you guys were going to keep number three, was Brown always the guy that you get for you guys? Going into tonight, or did you guys have to debate a lot of you and your staff in the past? No, few days? There, that was that was a tough choice. There, there was a lot of good players, uh, a lot of good players at, at three. So that was that was never really done completely. I mean, there's a lot of different views internally, and um, we went back and forth many, many times. But everybody, everybody unanimously really liked Brown as well. There's just that there was other guys as well. Listening to the radio and reading online, it seems like a lot of people felt uh, Brown as a non-shooter. Do you think too much is made about kind of his 29 three-point percentage and that he's a little bit better than the numbers show? Yeah, so he, he had two workouts with us, um, Kevin, and he, he was turned out to show that us that he was a much better shooter than that. But, um, you know, he shot 38%, I think, in you know the high school leagues, the same amount of shots the year before. And, um, I mean, there's a lot of good shooters that have bad shooting years and had uh, freshman years particularly, so we're not too concerned about that, and we feel like he is a uh, has a chance to be a good shooter, but he but he's not. He wasn't this year. He seriously needs a microphone. <laughs> can, can you hear me now? Uh, yeah. Do you do you look at Avery, who you kind of took in similar situations, kind of the model for how you want to develop Jalen's outside shooting performance? Um, well, you know, I think, I think that there's, so, so let's just make one thing clear. I mean, I think that Avery has definitely improved his shooting, but Avery was a pretty good shooter, uh, before we got him. I know that I hear that a lot in the media, like Avery wasn't a good shooter. Well, I saw Avery when he was 17, he was a pretty good shooter. Um, he's extended his range. Um, and it's the same thing with Jalen. I think Jalen is, is, uh, is not a finished product by any stretch, uh, a little bit like Avery, as you're saying, but... He's not a bad shooter, um, and so I think I think that he'll get he'll get better as a shooter every year for the next five or six years, probably till the end of his career. He'll keep improving. And uh, one thing in the NBA that we that we've noticed, or we've um, as we all do that are fans of the NBA, is there's a lot of guys that come in as non-shooters that become good shooters. And uh, so uh, there's a lot of guys that are pretty good shooters that become good, really good shooters. So. We have uh, very high hopes for Jalen. Danny, do you want to keep your second and third picks of the night uh, in Europe? You know, um, just out of respect for the, those players and, and their representatives, we have not had too much discussion. We've had a little bit of discussion along that line, but I'll defer. I'll answer that question later. Um, but that is a possibility. But I'll, I'll, do, I'll discuss it with them. And just how would before you I make any decisions? 
sorry, just how would you rate the whole night? At eight picks, and just how do you think it went? I'm really excited about a, a lot of the guys that we we got tonight, and um, I'm glad that we didn't we don't have eight new draft picks. I'm glad there will be, you know, maybe there will be some playing in in other leagues, and um, we can focus on a couple, two or three maybe, and you know, on the roster this year. Gary. Maybe, I mean, it's been three years since the Brooklyn trade, and every, I mean, there's kind of been this anticipation for getting a guy in here. Is, is tonight, in a sense, I know you're excited about some of the other guys you got, but is tonight a sense of disappointment that you weren't able to swing uh, this pick, number three, into getting a guy who can come in and, and be a cornerstone? Well, we'll see. You know, time will tell. I mean, he's not a cornerstone today. I would never put any pressure on a kid that's young, but um, listen, that's how that's how cornerstone players are made. There's so many guys, that, as we look all around the league, Gary, with that, nobody on draft night knew what they were, and, and so we'll see. Even, even, through, even through trade, even through, I mean, did you expect more interest in, in the pick? Were you close to anything? You know, so there was interest in the pick. Um, Close to anything, it, you know. Like I say, every time we're at some deadline, um, like tonight, you know, we have free agency coming up, so time will tell. But I, I never know how close we are, you know, because ultimately, you know, you need another team that's going to agree to do a deal for it with you. And um, there was a lot of discussion and no deals. I mean, it's just that simple. You know, we pulled away from some, they pulled away from some, and you know, it's just. Um, <clears throat> I don't think it's a lack of value, but. To make to find trade partners in those kind of deals, you sort of have to be, you know, it has to be good for both teams, and uh, we just didn't find one. But I'm confident that um, we're moving in the right direction, and and we still have free agency. We have a lot of players uh, or a lot of money to spend in, in, the, in the free agent market, and to still build our team. Yeah, Scott. Um, you know, towards the end of the draft, we were able to get uh, Ben Bento from Providence. He's a guy who had a Pretty successful college career, but for whatever reason wasn't regarded as highly coming into the draft. What did you guys like about him? Much um, I think that the highlight of Ben is he's a tough kid and he's a good shooter. And um, you know we like we like his shooting. He can spread the floor and, and keep defenses honest. And he's a quick shooter and you know sort of an unconscious shooter. That's a good thing. <laughs> uh, Danny, um, about the. You know, uh, second two picks in the first round. What makes you as good as you are is you were able to see things about lower choices. Can you talk about what you saw in each of those two kids and then? Which ones? You, you don't know their names yet? You can't pronounce their names? Don't just say the picks. Like they're people. Yabusele and Zizich. Those two. Okay. Each of them. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, about Jaywin also, do, do you see him, uh, two things, like justice, possibly, and also does he have a passion for the game? Um, I mean, I think that, you know, there's some been some comparisons with, like, Justice and, and Stanley Johnson, some of the guys from last year's draft that are sort of the versatile wing players. Yeah, I see some, some comparison there. The passion for the game is... Does he have that? Um, yes, I, I think he's a great competitor, absolutely.
Danny, would you say, would you regard a lot of the talent in this draft, especially after the first five picks, long-term projects or long-term talent, that it will take a long while for a lot of these picks to kind of develop into the players they're going to be? Um, I think in a few cases, but not in all, all of the cases. I, I think that I think a lot of the kids that were in this draft can, can play in an NBA game right now. Um, maybe not reach their full potential or hit their stride. Uh, they'll continue to improve for the first five years for sure, but um, I think there's some good players at the top of this draft. And I think, you know, the, the, the first two picks, I think those kids will make have an impact right away. I think Jalen has a chance to have an impact right away. And, and Chris Dunn and Jamal Murray and, and uh, Dragon Bender is, um, you know, really talented kid as well. So I think, uh, I think uh, and Buddy Heal, of course. So, yeah, I think that those, these guys can have an impact immediately of some sort, of some role. Yeah. Uh, when selecting players might be raw or maybe need a little bit of polish, how much confidence does Brad Stevens give you and how much confidence does your program up in Maine give you when selecting those kind of players? Yeah, no, I, I mean, uh, Portland is, is becoming uh, more and more each year like a minor league for us, and uh, I think that's very important in the development of players, especially as young as they continue to come out in the draft. So Portland, in some cases, is very important. And uh, what about Stevens? Do you think he's unique in kind of molding young players, or do you have to consider other things when selecting? Yeah, I mean, Brad's, he's great. He's a great communicator, and, and you know, he cares about the young players and he cares about the guys that aren't playing uh, a lot of minutes and, and the development of our players is a high priority for him. Yeah. Uh, aside from what you've seen from Brown on the court, is there something about him that stood out to you uh, just meeting with him off the court, speaking with him? Yeah, he's, he's a unique kid. Um, I'm not sure that that's why we drafted him, um, but he is interesting. Um, he's, a, he's different. Um, than a lot of the players that we meet, and um, he's a very polished, articulate kid, um, very well-educated kid. Um, he's a kid that I think that some people have like questioned if he likes basketball. To me, he seems like a you know he very well-balanced young man, and uh, very mature for his years. And um, so you know he's going to have to grow fast from freshman year to college to the NBA is a big jump. And um, I'm confident that he can do that, uh, both physically and emotionally. A couple more questions, folks, please. Brian. Danny, how much does tonight's proceedings kind of impact your plans for free agency going forward, if, if at all? Yeah, it has an impact. I mean, just, the, you know, we've, we may we filled one or two needs tonight. Um, we have some young prospects in the pipeline, so to speak, and we have um, you know, got a future first-round pick that is, an, you know, future assets to try to find hold to help fill holes that we may need uh, this summer, and we have a lot of uh, flexibility in free agency. Yeah, Danny, with eight picks in a draft, I mean, I've never had that many picks before, but just in terms of the timing. In terms of executing, having conversations, all the things that kind of go into draft night. Yeah. A lot bigger of a challenge for you and your team this year versus just any other years. And kind of what is the impact of that, I guess, in terms of having the conversations while you've got all these picks on the board moving around? 
yeah, so let's not do that anymore. <laughs> let's keep to like three or at the most, uh, you know, eight's a lot. Um, and not only that, I mean, like the process of going through eight picks where you got, we had to add 120, 130 people come in for draft workouts, and then we, you know, saw another 50 or 60 around the country. So, uh, yeah, it was, it's very time consuming. Right? We were, it was a very busy time, much different than any other year. And it was, um, there was a lot going on. It was, it was very, very busy and probably a little chaotic at times. Uh, there was a period, about five or ten minutes, that was a little chaotic there. And, um, but I think that overall, I mean, our staff did great. And um, we regrouped, called the 20. We had two 20s. We used one quick, and uh, we, got, we got it together. Final question, Gary? Danny, one, um, did you consider using 31 and 35 for a player who had fallen that you might have liked? Uh, first projected first rounder who might have slipped. Did you consider that? Or were you yeah. going to trade those picks regardless? No, you know, um, when we got to 31 and 35, there was a lot of discussion. There was a lot of good players still left. Um, and... But, you know, a future first-round pick is, you know, as we're still continuing to build a team. Those are, those are valuable. And, you know, sometimes you need that to fill a hole uh, here and there. And once you draft a player, sort of like buying a car, you know, the value goes down after the draft, typically. And so, but there was, there was um, a few players that we liked. And we ended up getting one of those players with the 45th pick in Demetrius. And feel very fortunate to get him. We we uh, very excited about that. I know your dealing team or some of the team is going to be like twenty guys, but will you sign any undrafted free agents? I don't know yet. The guys are working on that right now. There's a couple names that they're checking out, but we're we're pretty full, pretty loaded.